Breakfast Business with Enterprise Ireland on News Talk. Let's have a look at the main newspapers, newspapers, stories, and business and websites. And we do that as usual with the unflappable and unstoppable Aidan Donnelly from Davies Stockbrokers. Good morning, Aidan. Morning, Joe. How are you? Super, super quiet week on the markets, which we will come to in due course. But uh, let's have a look at the newspapers and let's start uh, with mortgage activity in Ireland. Yeah, this is an interesting uh, piece. Um, the, the Banking and Payments Federation came out yesterday and they said that the volume and the value of mortgages in February fell as lenders basically have raised mortgage rates in response to the, the European Central Bank. Now, I suppose there's always danger reading too much into one month's numbers and, and you know, we could be looking at these next month and suddenly seeing a big spike up. But on a, on a month-over-month basis, uh, the mortgage approvals were down nearly uh, 8.5% and that made it down 13.3% on, on the same month last year. I suppose what it, the other part that is interesting is if you look, that's in terms of volume, but if you look at value, the, the numbers aren't as bad, which just, uh, if you think about it, shows that the, the average mortgage amount is probably going up as we go through. And that would probably tie in with the fact that obviously house prices continue to go higher. I, I was still struck, um, Aidan, by the fact that first time buyers accounted for 55.6% of the total volume of mortgages. That's a sizable amount. It certainly is, and, and and when you look at it in 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 actual numbers, you know you're looking at uh, you know just under 1,900 mortgages in the month, uh, which is, is an incredible number uh, overall. And I think it just again shows the 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 demand that's out there, particularly from first-time buyers for houses. I think the other thing that's going to be interesting as we go through the next month or two is to see if these numbers start picking up when, you know, we, we've heard plenty of anecdotal evidence that there's a wave of houses coming on the market from, from you know, landlords who want to get out of the, the rental market. And does that supply increase actually mean that you see a, a, an increase in, in mortgage drawdowns as well? And whether prices will stabilise and uh, possibly even uh, dip that's the other interesting thing to watch, especially with interest rates now starting to really feed through in the cost of borrowing. Absolutely, yeah. We've, we've, we've seen this. Ireland has probably been a little bit insulated relative to the rest of Europe because the banks haven't passed through the mortgage or the, the interest rate increases as much um, as, as we've seen in, in, in uh, European mainland. Um, but obviously, that's only a matter of time and, and the banks will play catch up. And, you know, we were talking, I think it was two weeks ago, where, you know, PTSB's mortgage rates now are, are 4.9% or, or, or higher. And that's ultimately the direction of travel. Yeah. Now, let's move on to Donald O'Donovan. He's uh, writing in the Irish Independent about burning bondholders. We know a little bit about that in Ireland. We certainly do. And, and it is always hard to have any sympathy for a piece that starts off with a billion, billionaire <laughs> hedge fund boss who, who's not happy because somebody has burned him. But this obviously uh, re- relates to David Tepper, who took on the Irish government at the time of the financial crisis to, because they were trying to burn bondholders. Now, as, not surprisingly, you see, his name is also involved in, in last weekend's activities in Switzerland because he owed, he has a, a large amount of, of these what are called alternative tier one uh, capital bonds or or cocoa bonds. Yeah, let's be honest, about uh, two weeks ago, how many of us had heard of AT1s? 
and now uh, only 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 the, the nerds, nerds. Yeah. yeah yeah you and me both yeah. uh but ultimately obviously part of the deal last week was that all of these AT1 bondholders got burnt when when credit Suisse was merged into UBS so this is is unusual because normally it is the equity or the shareholders that get burnt first and then these guys but Switzerland um uh, have the ability to switch that around and that's ultimately what they have done here they although the the equity wasn't wiped out these guys have been wiped out and um there's obviously going to be significant legal cases and he's going to be at the forefront i'm sure of that but you know it, it, it is an unusual situation in, in Switzerland because if, if this was the case in Europe or in England or even in the US, that it would be the shareholders that get burned first and, and not uh, the bondholders. But they were able to switch it around. And some of that could have done with the fact that, that uh, it's not impossible that the Swiss National Bank had, had, had equity in Credit Suisse or that they wanted to keep the, the large Saudi investor who owned nearly 10% of um of, of of credit suisse from getting completely wiped out you, you would just it's, never know but it's, it's interesting how the the famous two words i mean that, that saudi investor in credit suisse was asked does he want to up his stake and he said two words absolutely not and as a result he lost all of his money every single penny Actually, if, you, if you if you know it it's it's he's not allowed um he's not allowed um uh, invest anymore yeah. Um, we, we lost you there for a moment, uh, Aidan. Uh, anyway, I think you're back. Um, Alan Healy in the Irish Examiner is talking about complaints about banks. Yeah, um, and, and, and having talked to people in uh, who have been involved in this, this is the switching over from uh, on the exit of Ulster Bank and KBC. And the watchdog, the, the financial services and pensions ombudsman has been saying that you know they've only received 100 complaints. And, and it's interesting because the central bank came out and said that they, they, they believe that the, the whole experience of customers left something uh, to be desired. So there's a bit of a, a mismatch there and maybe that the people didn't realise that they should be complaining to the financial services ombudsman about any uh, poor service that they got in the conversion over from from Ulster Bank and KBC. But uh, may, maybe this article is going to spur on a whole raft of complaints now in the next couple of months. Well, let's move to the markets. It's been uh, one hell of a week. The S&P 500, which is a broad yardstick uh, about corporate, not just North America, but corporate uh, world, it pretty much ended the week. uh, Well, it's going to start trading today uh, where it started despite major gyrations during the week. Yeah, it was. It was a very interesting week in terms of, of, of market activity. And, and as you said, if you had just looked at the index level last Friday and looked at today, you would have said, God, not a whole lot happened this week. But it, within that, you know, you saw two days where, where the markets had a, a, a negative one and a half percent swing and then a positive one and a half percent swing. So there has been a lot of volatility. And I think if you look under the under the hood in terms of the various different sectors, what you have seen is some of the big sectors like communication services that would hold the likes of Netflix, and, and, and Google and things like that and also the tech sector have been strong this week and they've probably insulated or, or dampened down the impact on the overall market uh, from, from the, the, the gyrations we've seen in other sectors and it might surprise people to know that actually if you look at the week the financial sector wasn't the worst performer it was actually um, real estate and utilities were the worst performing sectors this week and, and, and financials third. 
Now that, that is surprising because you think that um, that banks, given you know, I mean, you, you saw what happened on Monday morning when the markets mm. opened in Europe. Um, credits, uh, UBS shares. Now UBS were buying in what I believe to be the deal of the century uh, in buying Credit Suisse. Their shares opened down thirteen or fourteen yeah. percent, but ended the day up. 3%. Yeah. So you think, oh my God, this is going to be a banking crisis, you know, echoes of 2007 and eight. But it didn't end the week like that. No, no, there's definitely been stabilisation. And I think it shows the difference between what's happening now in terms of it being a liquidity issue, whereas back in, in, in 2007, 2008, it, it was a solvency issue. And and I think, you need, to be fair to the, to the central banks, they have increased their liquidity lines to all of the banks that ultimately should stave off any liquidity issues for even, even the smaller banks. And then you look at what's happened in the US in terms of, although there's been um, deposits taken from smaller banks and, and put into bigger banks, you know, the likes of JP Morgan and Citigroup, You've seen those big banks put the money back into the small banks in terms of of commercial deposits. So you know, it's as I said, it's 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 <clears throat> provided the liquidity is still there in the system. The the the, the, the you know, it's, it's just a question of building up trust again um, within the the overall financial. Now, system. last question before your voice goes, uh, Aidan. Um, central banks, they as you're saying, very busy week. Uh, the, both the UK and the US decided to rate um, to continue the rate hiking but also with massive kind of conditions. They did, yeah, and, and, and it wasn't just them. It was a very busy week. We also had Switzerland with Norway and with a few others all raising rates as well. And look, ultimately, I think the, the central banks have taken, and, and the ECB did the same the previous week, they've taken the view that if they can, if, if, if the banking situation is down to liquidity and they provide that liquidity into the system, well, going back to their main concern for the last few months has been inflation, and we haven't seen inflation come down nearly as quickly as they would like, and therefore they kind of the only course of action left to them was to continue on that path of, of, of increasing interest rates. We obviously saw a surprisingly strong inflation number coming through in the UK. Um, you know, there, there are people that probably argue that the Bank of England could have gone a half a percent instead of a quarter percent this week, given the, the spike in inflation. But, you know, the Federal Reserve went out there and they said, look, they, they, the, the other thing that they have, have changed is, is the language in their statement in, in, in the US. They were going to say, you know, there's going to be ongoing inflation or interest rate increases now they're kind of saying that this might be additional ones from here so mm-hmm. it's going to be interesting to see where where and certainly the market has priced in a much lower kind of final or terminal rate to these uh, this this interest rate cycle Aiden thank you so much have a lovely weekend that's Aiden Donnelly from Davies Stockbrokers Breakfast Business with Enterprise Ireland on News Talk